you know a lot of apps are providing some referral program. If you take, let's take an example in our industry, Revolut, N26, etc., etc., they have been well-known thanks also to the referral program. And we know that using community as a launchpad worked very well in Italy. And this is a kind of advice, in my, in my opinion, for someone that wants to launch in Italy, is to use this system of community, is to use this system of referral program in order to make you known in a country where you are nobody at the beginning. in foreign markets. This is Steve here, your host speaking. By now, all of you must know that one of the biggest challenges of international expansion is to properly launch the new market. Oh man, acquiring the first few customers is painful. Well, today I am so pumped to receive Kevin Regis, Chief Operation Officer and Chief Compliant Officer of ACT io who is sharing how they went from 5,000 active users to 25,000 on their platform in less than four months when they launched the Italian market. Stay tuned in as we'll cover what was key for them to prepare for the Italian market, from acquisition channels to cultural differences important to master there. Hi, Kevin. Thank you so much for coming here on the International Corner Podcast. How are you doing today? Fine, thank you. And thank you so much for the invitation. I'm so pleased to be with you today. Yes, I'm sure we're going to have a great time. Could you perhaps start by telling a little bit more about yourself, Act.io, and, and, and your role in the company? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Kevin. I'm the Chief Compliance and Chief Operating Officer of Act.io. Um, I come from the banking industry, okay, working both in France and in Italy in my past experiences. And I joined Act.io um, more than a year ago now, near to two okay. years ago. What is Act.io? It's kind of easy to understand. I do believe we all have money sleeping on an account without generating any money, or we all want at least to create uh, a portfolio that generates value. And we made a conclusion like two or three years ago when we launched Axio is that there is no easy to use solution that was available on the market. It was only available some expert products only for some elite, some financial elite. Axio.io is a mobile app, okay, available on the European market with one mission that is allowing our users to take back control on their money. So our application, Act.io, brings together several features all in one place, okay, allowing our users to grow their money effortlessly. We have a motto here in Act.io is to give the 1% of technology and make it available to all, to everybody. So how does it work? Quickly, we have six pillars where we, build, uh, where we built our app. We give to our users freely a dedicated euro account with an IBAN, dedicated IBAN and a Visa card, mm -hmm. okay? We provide an easy-to-use marketplace for the purchase of your assets, and we provide also some automated uh, crypto investment tools and some vaults generating daily interest. 
Just to give you some figures some to, to, for this introduction, so we launched Act.io a year ago, okay, and we already registered more than 300k downloads all over Europe, okay, for more than 70k users active within the platform all over Europe. And we do believe this is only the beginning for us. <laughs> and the beginning, uh, we hope, of a, of a great journey. And today we're going to deep dive into the, the story of the Italian launch, which I believe is quite interesting. But perhaps before getting there, let's go with the, the icebreaker, if you, want, if you want to. If you could maybe, Kevin, tell me a number between one and six, and I will read you a question that uh, you can answer. <laughs> let's, start with, uh, let's start with one. Okay, number one is, what is your favorite book? If you, could, if you can share with us one of your favorite books and why you really <laughs> like it. Okay, nice question. Uh, I will answer quickly. I will say La Chute uh, from Albert Camus. So I don't know the English title of this book, but it's a, a book from uh -huh. Albert Camus. And it's kind of amazing. It's kind of a small book. It's like 100 pages. Okay, but with these books from the start, you start with, you meet, uh, you meet a character and you don't really understand what does he do in this story. And then within 100 or maybe 200 pages more, you, you just understand his story and you see just a reversal of the character and his behavior. And it's kind of amazing to see two different characters within one in so, um, in so a small book, let's call it a small uh -huh. book. And you can read it, read it again, and you will always have a kind of different story, understand something else, etc. And it's kind of a definition of a chef-d'oeuvre for me. So yeah, I would say that. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so does that mean that we need to understand that you don't like to read big books and then you prefer to focus on smaller ones? Is that what it means? <laughs> oh, that's false. That's false, that's false. I am reading uh, The War and the Peace right now from Tolstoy. So it's not really a small book <laughs> and I enjoy it. But you asked me for my favorite. Yeah, yeah so. no worries, no worries. No, uh, I was just kidding there. All right, perfect. Thanks for sharing that with us. And today's topic is about the Italian market, right? And I want to know, why did you yeah. guys decide to get in there? Like, why did you decide to open the Italian market? Yeah. So as you as you may know, and as I already told you, so our app is available already on the European mm -hmm. market. Okay, it's available to he he hey customers. However, due to regulatory, financial, and efficiency reasons, uh, you must market your product on a step by step basis. Okay. Uh, we currently have different strategies for different countries, and the first that we achieved was Italy. Uh, Italy was kind of an obvious choice for us to begin with because of different okay. reasons. The first dimension is that we saw a strong appetite shown by our first Italian users within the first months when we launched the app. Okay. Italians are always more and more interested, in my opinion, in the world of investment and Act.io as a perfect solution because it allows to access to both traditional and decentralized finance. Just to give you a figure about the Italian mm -hmm. market, more than 7 million Italian citizens already owned a cryptocurrency before. And more than 7 million wants to acquire their first cryptocurrency within the following months. Just to give you an idea about the market and the volume of the market in Italy. So it was a kind of obvious choice because of the appetite, because of the market that is still empty in Italy. Italy is, I do believe, a country of innovation. Okay, I worked there for years and I do believe that It's one of the main countries in the crypto environment, even if it's not like this today. But I'm sure it will be like But this tomorrow. 
What about sure. competition, though? Because you said that they might have like a big that's appetite. A, that's the following point. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Definitely. And, there, and then you find the perfect solution. There is no direct and local competitors on okay. the market. Our solution is kind of exclusive. Thanks to the proprietary technology that we have, it's completely exclusive. And we don't have any direct or local competitors in Italy. And that's why we did believe, and we still do believe, this is the best country for us to start with and to compete uh, in this market. And then, you know, it's a market where I have a kind of small knowledge because I worked there for years uh, in the Italian financial environment. And let's say a last dimension can be, you know, our offices. So we have different offices in Europe, but our main office is in Sofia Antipolis near Tunis. And it's kind of, you know, we are physically close to Italy. And it was pretty easy for me to meet the future partners, future investors, to meet our customers during different events, etc., etc. And it's kind of, you know, a smaller dimension, but it was also useful for us and easier for us to meet and work together and, uh, and meet our future customers in Italy. So here are the different dimensions. Okay, so if I sum up here, what you just said, you mentioned a strong appetite for the world of cryptocurrency and financials, uh, generally speaking. No direct competition. Internal knowledge, I would say, within the company because you knew about it uh, yourself, right? So that always helped. And then the last one was because uh, of the geographic proximity. Your HQ is actually really in the south of France, so it's right next to Italy, right? Yeah, so it's not the biggest dimension, but it, it definitely not. helped us when we long, when we wanted to start. All right. Definitely. Therefore, you decided to go to the Italian market. Fine. Just um, for my understanding, and I, I think for everyone's understanding, how is the business model currently working? Like, how do you guys make money out of the uh, out of the? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good uh, that's a good question. Uh, we are not a foundation, so we definitely do some money. Uh, we have two different main dimensions where we can generate money. Okay, our business model is uh, pretty easy to understand. You have the first dimension that is we are generating money on the different services we propose. So basically, you have a fee when you process an order, for instance, when to when you want to buy some cryptocurrency, where you want to invest directly in our diversified portfolio in one click. You have a fee. Okay, we always ensure obviously the low level of such fees because always keep in mind our motto, the, the one-person technology available to all, but if you want to make it available to all, you also have to take care of the fees mm -hmm. that you apply. So you have this first dimension, and you have a second dimension that is on the different memberships that we propose within our app. Okay, You have different memberships with different membership fees according to what you want to have and what you want to enjoy within the app. And we will have some fees about the different memberships that are available. So you have the two main uh, input or, uh, of money within our app. This is our business mm, model. All right. So pretty casual for an, uh, an innovative uh, solution. Yes, yes, I would say, and pretty clear as well. I think uh, I think that's uh, that's what's important. All right, and what's the state today of this market, the Italian market? You mentioned you guys have uh, 70K uh, users, active users right now on the solution, like using the solution. How many of them are part of the Italian market? Yeah, that's a good question. So just to give you a quick overview or figure to understand it. Uh, we grew from 5K users uh, end of 2022 in Italy, mm -hmm. okay, to more than 25K users right now in Italy. So just to give you some milestones, some information about the launch in Italy to understand better these figures. 
uh, we validated the launch of the Italian market officially in September 2022, and we achieved everything at the end of December 2022. Always keeping in mind that we wanted to show that we can register a big ROI, return on investment, uh, even when you want to launch a country from scratch. Mm -hmm. Okay, so from December 2022 to now, so April 2023, uh, we now have our product available in Italian. Uh, we have our website in Italian. We have some marketing campaigns specifically for the Italian market. We did the registration with the Italian regulator because always keep in mind this regulatory dimension that is really important for us when we want to launch a new market. And uh, I'm, I'm pleased to say now that we have two Italian team members that just joined my team uh, in order to help me growing this country. So we did from 5K to 25K in three to four months. Okay, And we do believe this is only the beginning of this launch. And we do believe that there is a beautiful future for us and for the Italian uh, market meeting this, uh, this new hub. I mean, hub. times five in four months, it's pretty good as a start. Obviously, we always want more and there can always be some some more important <laughs> and some more increasing growth. But um, I, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's already pretty, pretty impressive. So good job on that, guys. How did you manage to get such a fast start? Like, what are for you the, I don't know, the key success factors that came into play? Yeah. So uh, as you said, uh, we all want <laughs> to make it faster and to make of it course. bigger, but definitely so. Um, let's say that one of the main factors uh, will be the knowledge of the country, the knowledge of the environment and the knowledge of the language. Okay, uh, To master the language of the country where we want to operate is obviously always an essential asset, but it's maybe even more important in Italy. So if you speak Italian in Italy, it will help you a lot. Um, there is another according to me, key success factor is to be in contact with the good people and the good companies to help you launch your business officially in Italy. Let's not forget something for Italy. Let's not forget the burden of administration in Italy. There is a huge part of administration things before launching your business in Italy. Okay, we know it for France, we know it for different European countries, but this is really true for the Italian market. So you always have to keep it in mind when you want to enter in Italy. And to Do have you have a specific example in mind where where you said, okay, this is such a burden? Yeah, ju ju just to set up. So we, we have two different examples and two different dimensions. When you want to launch a business like us, okay, so financial business playing with some cryptocurrencies, dimensions and informations, you have to first create your company in Italy on the Italian territory. And you have also to register it and to make it known by the Italian regulator. And to do these two things, it can take months or weeks according to if you have the good contact, the good company uh, that knows how it works and knows how to make it faster. And I had a huge chance to meet the perfect people for it, to meet the perfect companies from it in order to help us to launch quickly. And this dimension is really important to, go sta uh, to start fast, but to start also fast in the right direction. That is something really important. Mm. And then there is something also important is to constantly monitor and improve along the way. It's something like you start in a way and then you start seeing, okay, does it have an effect? Does it have a result? Is the result the way we want it? So you need also the tools in order to analyze the different figures that you have so that you know we always want and everybody wants it a big return on investment. So 
small amount of money to invest. We are a startup. Let's not forget it. Okay, so we don't have millions of euros to put and to inject to open a country. And at the same time, you said it just before, we want a huge effect, a huge impact from scratch. And so to achieve this kind of conclusions, you have to be really careful of the figures and really careful of the data in order to always fine-tune your strategy and fine-tune the way you play and you market your product in this territory. And you can't play, and I do believe... What were for you like the key data points that you strictly followed to make sure that you could you know, be on the, on the good side of the growth, basically, during the launch? Yeah. So mainly in our hub, we, 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 I followed at least at the beginning three different uh, main KPIs. You have the first one that is obviously the number of registration that you record uh, into a specific period of time. Okay, so let's say um, I work on an article with some newspaper. Okay, this is essential. We are doing mm -hmm. it in order to make us known on the Italian market. Let's see the effect just after. How much registration does it have? Uh, within a month, no, two or three weeks now, we will meet our Italian customers and prospects in Italy during the biggest crypto event in Italy, the Rome Blockchain Summit. Mm -hmm. We will be there to meet everybody at this summit. One of the things that I will be really careful about is, okay, what is the number of registration mm -hmm. do I have? Okay, so this is the first KPI that we are following. Then to register is not enough. To download the app is not enough. How many people downloaded the app, understood the product, and wants to go further within the app? Who wants to really register? We work on the financial industry. We work on the financial environment. So we need to take care of all the regulation. Regulation is one of, you know, a kind of um, motto that we keep in mind always. So I need to do some KYC, know your customer processes in order to understand who is my customer. This is something mandatory. And so this is my second KPI. Who downloaded first? Second, okay, who went to the end mm -hmm. of the process? So who is an active user? That is my third KPI. Okay, my user downloaded, registered. No, is it using the app? Does he understand really the value that our app can provide to him? So this is the third KPI that we are following. And we do know, know that the same strategy applicable to all countries does not work. Huh. And we have some competitors on some product that we have in our platform that I do believe are doing it. It means... They are applying the same marketing strategy in Italy that they are applying in France, that they are applying, I don't know, in Sweden, for instance, or in Spain, etc., etc. And I always believed from scratch that if we want to successfully open this market, we have to play for this market. We have to know this market. We have to play with Italian actors. We have to go into the environment. We have to meet this environment. This is essential. You can't go in Italy and play the same rules than in Spain or than in France or than in the UK, for instance. It's not the same market. It's not the same people. It's not the same legacy in this market. There is something really important. Uh, there is a, a big difference between France and Italy. In Italy, you don't have what we experience in France or that what you, we can experience in, in other markets like UK, like Ireland, um, like Germany, for instance. There is not a huge history, a huge legacy of neo-banking industry. Mm, okay, so you're okay? like... Uh, you're, it's more... So, Kevin, you're like going into like differences just like just before actually you just um, go into that. Yeah. I wanted to come back to one point you mentioned that's quite interesting. You said that the third KPIs you guys are monitoring, right? Like to make sure that you're on the right track in terms of like country launching, etc., and that it's it's going good. You said, do your users actually understand? And how do you keep track of that? Because obviously it must you know be different. Like how do you make sure that they do understand what's going on? 
that's a good point. Um, in our opinion, we do believe that we uh, that our customers understand the product if they use the product. If I don't understand a product, I won't use the product. Let's not forget something. We are not selling shoes. We are not selling some computers or something like this. We are selling trust. This is essential to understand our business. I mean, we ask people to put their money, their savings into our app to make it grow. But let's not forget that we ask them to put their savings in our app. So we have to show trust. This is essential. And if you don't make your product understood by your customers, they don't have trust and they don't put the money in the app and they don't use our products. So for us, it's kind of easy How to How do you understand. show trust in your app? You show trust in time. This is a, 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 this is a really good question. We show trust in different, in different dimensions. First one is to make your product understandable. I trust something, in my opinion, if it's understandable. If it looks dark, if it looks like really geek, if it looks like really reserved over an elite, I won't give my trust. If I don't understand, I don't trust. I think it's the first dimension to take in count, in, into account. Second dimension is that we have a full tech team working day and night, ensuring the security within our app, cybersecurity, security, etc., etc., to make sure that everything is fine within our app for our customers. This is the and second how does dimension. it show? Uh, how, how how does it display to the end user? Do they have to accept terms and conditions? And you think they actually read it and they're like, okay, these guys are serious about security? How do you think this actually displays? No. This, this is a good question. So it's not reading terms and conditions. I don't think that you will trust any uh, company yeah. by reading in terms and conditions. However, as soon as you start using our app, as soon as you start onboarding within our app, you will see the strong compliance process that we have. As soon as you want to send money to a friend from mm. your dedicated IBAN, as soon as you want to use your card online to, to, to buy something on internet with your wealth card provided by our app, you will have the 2FA authentication. You will have some security mm. control. As soon as you want to call our customer support that is based here in France and that is always available, they will ask you for security questions to don't provide any information to anybody else. So it's kind of when you experience our app, you understand the security behind. And the third dimension that I wanted to highlight is also that we are always and we always want to be compliant with all the regulation where we operate. And we do believe this is also a proof of security. You have in the crypto environment different actors that are not playing according to the rules defined by the mm. governments. And those actors, according to myself, are not really showing trust, are not really showing confidence. On our side, we are really careful about compliance. And I can say it as a chief compliance <laughs> officer. I'm really careful about it. We are playing according to the rules of European countries, not according to the rules of some strange countries, dark countries, etc. No, we are really playing according to the rules of European countries and really careful right. about it. So these are, according to me, the three dimensions essential to build trust to build confidence and to make our app used by okay, our users. Okay, so if I just sum up there, you mentioned that, you know, something that's very easy to use, not meant for geeks, yeah, very simple for anyone to actually understand, then uh, ensuring several security standards are there to show trust and obviously uh, be compliant, generally speaking, with the regulations uh, that are like in EMEA, I mean, in European countries to make sure that if there's anything, you know, you can just show proof that you guys are compliant no matter what. 
Yeah, and the regulation is not only an obstacle, it's only it's also a way for you to ensure that you are doing the right things. It's a way for you to show to your users that you are doing the right things. A lot of companies uh, see compliance as an obstacle, they struggle with compliance, etc. It's not our case. We use compliance to be sure and to make sure that we are offering the best services. And if we win, we win in the right direction and we win the right way. And this is something essential for Understood. us. And my question on that is, do you see any difference in the way trust is shown in France compared to Italy? So more than only compliance is more the, the product is perceived by the different customers and the different mm. countries. Uh, and it's linked to what we said just before. It means, in my opinion, if you go into a country, you have to understand the country and you have to understand the legacy of this country. And when I started to say there is no legacy about neobanking or um, there is not the same legacy in the neobanking digital finance industry in Italy than you have in France or than we have in Germany, UK, Ireland, etc. They passed from, let's say, the traditional banking environment directly to the decentralized finance environment, you know. And they don't, you can't speak to people that have Revolut 1026, really easy, you know, like I'm taking big examples <laughs> of uh, the, the neobanking industry. If you already manage it, uh, manage it sorry, have an account uh, with them, etc., it will be easier for us to make you understandable our product. And when you go into a country where you don't have the same level of legacy, the same level of mastering and knowledge of, his, of this industry, it's, in my opinion, harder to make it mm -hmm. understandable. So that's why you can't go in the different countries having the same speech, having the same way of presenting your product and uh, having the same, let's say, key assets or key factors to, to show to your prospect, to your potential customers, to make them understandable the value that you can bring to them. So this is something really important in mm. my opinion. And typically for your product specifically, have you seen any difference in that area in between France and, and Italy? What do you mean in, in the in the in the way that we present it in the way that we yes, sell it? Yes, exactly. Could be in different ways. I'm looking for differences that you noticed between both markets that are that are different because obviously you you find something or you found a, a way to actually make it happen. You mentioned that there are differences. So I'm just saying, do you have some actual examples uh, that you saw that there are there are differences in between the way um, I don't know Italian users like react to your app versus French users? Differences really. Yeah, but it, it's uh, yeah, it's it's really more global than only Italy or France, etc. Let's let's mm -hmm. give you an example. Uh, we were at the CES, okay, at Las Vegas mm -hmm. in January this year, uh, to to show to 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 the world in this event our product and how our product is innovative. Okay, during the CES, it was a huge opportunity for us to meet a lot of different people. From everywhere in the world, you have South America, North America, obviously, you have some Asian people, some European people, etc. And we met a lot of different people from a lot mm -hmm. of different countries. And we understood and we really proved something is that you can't give the same speech to everybody. Because according to the legacy of the country, according to the history, according to the competition, and it was your first question and really important, according to the competition, so something that you already know in your country, I won't be able to give you the same example 
I won't be able to show you the value provided by someone and that someone is not providing to you already and that we can provide, etc., etc. And we really understood that we needed to adapt our speech. And it was also really true when we wanted to start the Italian market. Uh, in the Italian market, you have uh, people that are really uh, innovation-friendly. You know, um, they are really understanding already how does it work for an app or a financial app, etc. But they didn't have any past example of Italian companies in, I told you, the neobanking industry, etc. And it's a system that is really characterized by its, by its traditional finance culture in Italy, you know, and you have to fight against it. As in France or in Germany or in UK, you don't have to fight against this old idea of the, you know, whole traditional financial culture, etc. So this is really important, in my opinion, understanding the culture of the country where you want to operate. Without it, you will just like spread your marketing plan to all countries and you will lose efficiency. And efficiency for us as a startup is like, you know, our DNA. No, because only we want it, but always also because, you know, we can do <laughs> something well, else. So for us, efficiency I is mean, essential. I mean, I 100% agree with you here. And that's why I'm trying to think in your case specifically, right? Like, what is something different about Italy that, in terms of, you you mentioned speech, you know, like different speech, sure, or I don't know, different acquisition channel, right? Like that might be working better, uh, that you figured out, for instance, in your own case in Italy. Do you have some insights maybe to share with us on that point? Yeah, 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 for sure. As we are talking about uh, acquisition channels, uh, I have to highlight something, is that as we are playing... Um, also in the crypto environment, okay, we have to face some <laughs> regulatory um, dimensions also in the dimensions of marketing, okay? As we are playing also in the crypto environment, we can't do uh, what of a lot of companies can do. Like, for instance, let's speak about ads. Ads are not really available. You have a lot of constraints and mm -hmm. obstacles on influencers, on ads, etc., etc., for people, companies like us in our environments. So you have to take into account this constraint that is really important for us because you can play this direction, this dimension in our business. And something that we used in Italy and that worked really well, uh, we used the community as a launchpad for us in Italy. And it was really important. You know, a lot of apps are providing some referral mm -hmm. program. If you take, let's take an example in our industry, mm -hmm. Revolut N26 etc, etc. They have been well known thanks also to the referral program. And we know that using community as a launchpad worked very well in Italy. And this is a kind of advice, in my, in my opinion, for someone that wants to launch in Italy, is to use this system of community, is to use this system of referral program in order to make you known in a country where you are nobody. And beginning. for you... You know, you want to, you, you have an app, the app is amazing, but if you are not known by anybody, your app will be <laughs> empty, you know? So you have to make it known. So, sorry. No, no worries. Saying. And it means that for you, you did notice that it worked better, this referral solution in Italy rather than in France? Do you, did you actually see like a difference? Ah, definitely. Let's compare Italy and mm. Ireland, for instance. So, so we did it on both countries, and we do know, and we do so. Uh, we did see, sorry, uh, that it was obvious that it worked 
way better in Italy than what it mm. was in Ireland, for instance, or in any other countries that you can think about. So it's something really important in Italy. It worked, it worked well, and it, make, it makes your app known by all the community around your already customers. But once again, you have to show trust. You have to show confidence. You have to, you know, show that your app is reliable, is trustable, because community referral program won't work if you do believe that the app is not trust enough, is not mm. trusty enough, you know. Do you, will you speak uh, to your family about an app if you are adopting about this app? No, definitely. So you have to show trust from the beginning in order to, like, uh, empower this referral program, etc., and this community as a huge level of acquisition in a country. And this is something essential. So community without trust will not work. So if you want to play with community, you have to show and to prove trust before using this dimension. Mm -hmm. All right. So as you, as you mentioned, the community was a big um, lever for you to get this time five, I would say, uh, uh, based on your, uh, on your um, active users. So that's uh, so that so that's great. Yeah. If we talk about, I would say even more like cultural differences between your different markets that you're in right now. Do you see anything else very specific to Italy that you guys managed to notice and actually play with that cultural difference to make sure that it does also work, right? That that users like keep downloading and actually using it. Yeah. But once again, I want to highlight the fight of you know the, the fact sorry of the of the legacy of the industry that are there, that are in it that is in Italy, uh, the different competitors that are not mm. in Italy, and so this is really essential. So once again, uh, I, I would highlight this part. There is something also important to understand is that uh, you know Italy has a huge potential for growth in the fintech mm. sector. Uh, the Italian regulatory framework uh, has become more and more. Uh, favorable because he understood the fintech startup environment, etc. in the recent years. And we see a lot uh, of creation of uh, flexible and innovation-friendly innovation companies, etc., etc. We know in France, we have Station F, but yeah, it's nice. But in Italy, you have the same thing mm. in Milan. You have the same thing in Rome. So, you know, you have a lot of innovation in Italy. Italy is definitely a country of innovation. And we see it more and more, not really in our environment, where we keep this kind of, you know, uh, competitiveness in the Italian mm. environment. But I speak with a lot of different startups in Italy, a lot of ex-colleagues that launch different startups in Italy, etc. And this is definitely a country of innovation. It has always mm. been, and it's always becoming more and more. And the fintech industry has a huge future in Italy. So, you know, when I told you it was kind of um, obvious for us to launch Italy first. <laughs> it was also because of this. We see a lot of different startups in, in, in fintech and industry in Italy growing more and more, showing that they can do something, etc. It's obvious for them also. And, you know, it's, um, it's a country where innovation is not a problem. You are not afraid mm. about innovation. And there are different countries in Europe where I do believe you are maybe more risk adverse, mm -hmm. you know, uh, where you will be more careful about innovation, where you will see it from far before, you know, even touching it. And in Italy, it's completely different. They welcome innovation. They welcome new things. They welcome new way of thinking, new way of doing things. And for us, it was easier because of this kind of, you know, behavior of the Italian market. So it's some, also something 
in my opinion, cultural in Italian, uh, in Italy, sorry, that is really important to, to, to take in. Uh, to take All in right. Trouble. So that means that this innovation, it, it's really like a great fit for you guys, actually, uh, uh, as you mentioned. So I do understand why you decided to go for the Italian market. All right. So after four months, I would say of, let's call it a successful launch. What's next for you now as a company for the Italian market? Yeah, so for the Italian market, this is definitely only the beginning. So as I told you in the, at the beginning of May, so within two or three weeks, um, me and the, and the team will fly to, to Rome in order to meet our customers and, and future customers at the Rome Blockchain mm -hmm. Summit. So it's uh, the biggest crypto event in Italy, and it will be a huge opportunity for us also to meet directly our Italian users, to exchange with them, to discuss, uh, to see if they have something that they need, maybe that we don't provide. So just, you know, to be in contact with your customers during this event, for me, will be really mm -hmm. helpful to understand, uh, to understand if we match with what do they need, etc., etc. So there is this step. Uh, we now work also with a PR, so Press uh, Relationship Agency, uh, to help us being known in Italy also, Uh, so referral community is nice, but you know, we have also to, to leverage on more traditional marketing ways. So we are using also this so company. What are you going uh, to do? Like billboards, like billboard ads, or you guys are going to have ads on the metros. Are you going to do stuff like that? Well, we are thinking about all of this. We are thinking about all of this. I'm already uh, meeting some different journalists. We are already having some articles in the mm. newspaper since weeks now, uh, thanks to this agency, etc. So it's something really essential also because you build trust also in the time, but in the time if you make you known through different dimensions. And as I told you, different uh, two different team members just mm -hmm. joined my team in order to further develop this market and help me to find different new solutions and business opportunities. And I can assure you that we have a lot of big surprises, both for European and Italian mm. markets that are still a secret. And I'm so <laughs> sorry for this, but um, it will be, uh, it will make a lot of noise and really soon. So we, we, we do mm, believe Maybe by the time that this episode amazing. actually come out, uh, we will know what, what this is about. <laughs> I, I, I do think so. I do think so. It depends how fast you are, you know. <laughs> well, I have a program, you know, like there's already clear agenda and things, but uh, okay. And when you say you're you're thinking about PR agencies and, and doing some more traditional marketing advertising, at least considering it, is that the same way you guys did it for other markets? Like you, you talk about uh, the Irish market. Did you guys do the same for this market? I don't know, for the French market as well, or is that something... No, we, we, so let, let, it's, it's specific mm -hmm. for Italy in the way and in the order of doing things. Uh, starting with community and then launching also the PR agencies and the different more um, traditional marketing things, mm -hmm. etc. We did it differently in different countries, like take for instance mm -hmm. Ireland. Okay, so the, the, I mean, the dimensions are this one. You know, in marketing, you can innovate as much as you want, but you have like traditional and traditional, you have the ads, you have mm. the newspaper, etc., etc. But in the way of how do you combine, how do you order things? When do you start something respect of something else, etc.? We adapt it according to the country. And if we take Ireland and Italy, uh, that are the two countries that we started operating directly and marketing our activities in, we did it completely different. We did completely different in the order and in the, you know, the rhythm and the pace of doing it. And PR agency is essential for us. You know, marketing, more traditional dimensions are essential for us. 
I told you at the beginning of this interview, like this podcast, we we do believe that our product is for mm. everybody. We want an app available for everybody. We want technology available for everybody. But who says everybody? Say also, you need to make you known by everybody. So it works with, okay, community, crypto community, uh, referral program, etc. But also by more traditional marketing, traditional newspaper, because I won't touch the same kind of people in front and I won't sell the same thing according to the marketing channel. And it's something really important also to fine tune. And when you know the culture, when you know the industry, when you know what they know, or at least a part of it, it's easier for you to fine tune and to focus your speech according to the people that is listening to you. And this is really important for me. And you know, it's kind of a fil rouge of, the, of this discussion, but this is really uh, Absolutely, essential. absolutely. No, you're right. And it's very important to as you start opening different countries to build this playbook. And I guess that's where you guys are at right now, like fine tuning a playbook of opening basically a foreign country that you will be able to apply with obviously a few tweaks along the way, right? To, to make it fit to the actual culture locally. But, uh, but I can see that there's a pattern that's uh, being created there with you guys. Yeah. Perfect. Definitely. Perfect. Definitely. Well, Thanks a lot, Kevin. That was very insightful. How about we move now to this last section of every episode, the Oops, My Bad time. Whoops, my bad. For those who tune in for the first time, <laughs> it is a, a time for every guest at the end of each episode to talk about a mistake or a setback that has occurred during the country's launching journey, I would say. So, Kevin, if you have one of those to share with us, it would be amazing. Obviously, I have one who don't who, who do not have, did any who did not do any error in the past. You know, um, it's kind of funny, but you know, the first communication. So when we started, uh, we 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 so officially launched the company. We officially registered the company uh, within the regulatory environment, etc. We were so happy. Website was in Italian already online, etc. And we said, okay, guys. Let's officially announce it to our already Italian community. Smaller, okay, <laughs> but let's announce it, okay? Let's let, tell it to the world. And the first email that was sent in Italian, like the process was not fully set up and the email sent to Italian community in Italian was not translated in the right manner. Oh, you know, like <laughs> it was uh, the, the wrong wording, it did not check by myself or any native people, etc. Oh, and it has been sent to everybody to announce also a specific referral program, etc. So it was like, like as you say, so we had to do an erratum and then to send an erratum to review the process, etc. So we don't have any more this new error, but you know, it's like, okay, let's launch. We are really happy. And okay, <laughs> it was not the good email with a good translation, etc. Well, well but I mean, so if you... <laughs> it was definitely the... the but I mean, mistake. Kevin, if you're the only one to speak Italian in your company... Who wrote the email? Did you just guys use Google Translation then, or? The, yeah, the problem is that we had two emails. The first oh one God. that I translated, the official one, and that I worked on, and there is the other one about like some deep. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it was like, oh my God, why did you, why did you send this version? You know, like they worked on in, on a, on an English email, and then they translated to Google, etc. And they say, Kevin, correct it, please. I corrected everything, reviewed everything, but then you know. 
sometimes with the tools, etc. So they just sent the first version <laughs> without changing it and updating it. So I was like, oh my God. What <laughs> but it was kind of funny. All right. Learn. I think that's one of my favorite Oops My Bad so far. And uh, I've heard quite a few of them. So <laughs> ah, perfect. <laughs> thank you, Kevin, for this for this moment. <laughs> I don't know if I have to. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a funny one and, and an actual real, like Oops My Bad. So thank you for that. And thank you again for all the insights you shared with us today about the Italian market and how you guys managed to had such a fast start at the beginning. Uh, hopefully this will help uh, a few of our listeners today. And I guess the, the only thing I want to say before saying bye is that I will also make sure that in a few months from now, I reach out to ask for some news because I'm really interested in knowing like what's next for you guys in all these markets. It will be a lot of pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity of this discussion. Uh, and thank you for your questions. And obviously, we will uh, make you know about our future <laughs> and uh, all the things that are going on. Sounds good. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to not miss the next one. And please share it with two people in your network. This is how this podcast gets more visibility and can help more of us to work on international markets. See you soon.